Hi, Karina. Thanks for speaking to us today. Very excited to talk to you about all your voiceover work. Yeah, we'll jump in with the first question of how did your journey into voice acting begin? So, hello. Nice to meet you all. My uh, journey as a voice actor began when I was in my last year of drama school. In the last year of drama school, you're told to kind of market yourself. So you have headshots done. You write off to agents, you invite them to shows. I also made a voice reel at drama school with my radio department and created a voice reel, put my voice on tape because I was told that I've got a bit of an unusual voice. It can sound quite young. It's very clear, bright. So I did that and then sent it off in the summer to all the kind of London-based agents because I live in London, so it's easy for me to arrange meetings and so on. And I did that and I was fortunate enough to get two responses from agents and had a meeting with both of them and then ended up choosing one and signing with them and have been with them ever since. Six years. Wow, that's a long time. It is. It's a very long time. So it must be kind of a mixed compliment being told. You have an unusual voice, but obviously it was in a good way. <laughs> yeah, completely good way. Well, at drama school, I was told that my voice was husky. I didn't support enough. Maybe you've got problems with your voice. And I had all these kind of barriers to kind of battle through. And I was a bit like, what, what's wrong with my voice? And at drama school, you're going through everything anyway, and you're worrying about everything. And am I doing it right? Am I breathing right? Am I speaking right? Am I moving correctly? And then on top of all that, to be told that your voice is kind of husky it's not supporting enough you worry then I had extra voice lessons to kind of try and support more and in the end it's kind of all reverted back to how I sounded like and that my voice is quite unique and that people might use my voice to you know publicize their their product fantastic so you did actually have some vocal training as well yeah well at drama school you do um vocal training but I did over the summer see a voice coach just to kind of work on breathing and slowing my voice down perhaps and supporting so using your tummy muscles more oh, okay. just kind of going through exercises so it wasn't really vocal training like a singing coach would kind of work on a, a song or something it was kind of just breathing and relaxing and speaking from your the visceral or the gut of your tummy so to speak and you still use that now? That's how you hone your technique. I don't know if I do. I just kind of speak and it comes out. Yeah, I suppose I, I do use it when I'm doing theatre jobs and I'm on stage because obviously you've got support to make your voice kind of bounce to the back of the audience. So, yeah, I suppose I do use it. But with voiceover work, it's very different because the mic's right in front of you. So if you've got to kind of be a character where you're, you're quite soft and you're a floaty character, you're not really going to be like, hello, I'm going to support more. So you find quite versatile as to how you use your voice and your kind of instrument to to go with different jobs and different characters so you obviously do some acting as well then you don't just do voice you obviously act and do you do anything else as well yeah i um i act i can dance i can sing i can play the piano i can bake cakes and i can crochet <laughs> wow lots and lots of talents there a girl of many talents, I would say. <laughs> so you mentioned a reel before, a voice reel. So what advice would you give our listeners on what you would put in a voice reel and how to kind of put it together? When you're creating your voice reel, I would suggest to kind of keep it really short and simple. So if you know that you are good with accents or you can do another language or something like that, then I'll definitely focus on those attributes because that's what people would look for. They'd look for like a girl that can speak English, that could maybe do translation for like Spanish voice tapes or any kind of French accents you can do. So I would say do three commercials that would suit your voice. So if you've got quite a low and sexy voice, maybe do a Cadbury's chocolate. Or if you've got kind of like a high pitched voice, you could do like B 
BBC Radio 1. You know, you could, like, home your voice, listen to adverts on the radio, and then kind of think, oh, I could do something like that. My voice sounds similar. And then perhaps copy it and put it on the voice reel. So, yeah, I would say three adverts and then three pieces of narratives or maybe two pieces of narratives just so people hear what your voice sounds like when you're you're reading long bits, um, long pieces of dialogue. So basically don't try too hard. Just use more of a natural voice for all of these as opposed to too much of trying to change your voice. Yeah, I would say that. I said because if, like, you may be good at accents, they're going to go with a native Geordie or a native Mancunian or if you're from Ireland, they're going to get an Irish person that speaks the language to do it mm. or the accent. So if you can do accents, then maybe you could add it on at the end where you could do kind of like a duologue between yourself and two different actors. But it's very different if you're creating a character voice or if you're homing in on animation and things like that, then you would have to have kind of a, a different voice reel for that. But for the more commercial things, then I would just say be yourself because that's what people are going to want and that's what they're going to hear. Because with voiceovers, you don't really audition. They hear your voice reel and then you get booked based on how you sound. Well, so you don't even turn up to get like a practice run through. You just kind of get picked based on your reel. Completely. You literally get turned up and go, hi, Karina, I'm the director. Here's your script. Are you OK to go in? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You the never... first time you meet people. Yeah, first time you meet people, you go in the studio, you shake their hands and you're in. You're kind of go in, get into the zone. And you don't really get uh, much time to kind of sight read. So your sight reading needs to be way up to scratch. Yeah, definitely. Not much time to prep either. So obviously as an actress in a play, for example, you'd practice your lines, you'd practice the character. You're kind of throwing in the deep end of voice acting. Completely. And you, you only really get a um, description of what your character is. Obviously, my agent would email me that script. My agent would email me the synopsis of the character. So I know what my character would be like. But obviously, the director and the people working for the company, they know how they want her to sound. So, yeah, you just kind of have to go in do what you think the character is, and then the director would kind of tweak it and go, okay, well, let's try it like this. Let's do this, let's do that. But obviously you're on a time limit as well. With rehearsing in a play, you've got nine till five, six weeks rehearsal, and then you've got time to develop the character. Whereas with a voiceover, you're booked for either an hour, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes three hours, and you've got to nail it because the client needs it done. Where they're all on a time limit, they need the voice actor to be ready, doing their thing, and ready to go. It's funny you mentioned the synopsis of the character, actually. I'd like to ask, have you ever had any bizarre descriptions of characters? Because speaking to other voice actors, they've had really kind of, some of it kind of irrelevant, what they've been told about the character, and sometimes just a bit off, off the bat, and you think, well, why do I need to know this? Like, <laughs> how does that help my voice? Um, yes, I have. I've had picture <clears throat> descriptions as well. So there's been one where my character, like, wore a barrel, and I'm like, okay, so she gets dressed in a barrel because something happens to her clothes, or she's a bit of like a, a homeless character and I'm like well how will the barrel affect me portraying her as her her voice there was one where she walks on the tip of her toes so I was like okay that's fine I can kind of get how she would physicalize her walk and how she would walk but how would that affect me speaking like her you wouldn't change your voice based on whether you're on tiptoe or not I suppose <laughs> unless you were reaching for something and that's about it exactly. tell us a bit more about your recent roles because you've been in quite a variety of different stuff haven't you Yes, I have. So most recently, or the mo most up-to-date one, is Chuggington. So I'm an animation character for a CBB cartoon called Chuggington, and I played the character of Tyne, who is a cheeky, chappy, tomboyy, kind of boisterous character. She's really, really fun to play. And then on top of that, I've done commercials. So I did a commercial in October for Coca-Cola, which was really exciting. They're advertising their new Slimline cans. And it was my voice that was on the TV commercial, which was fun. And then I've also done oh, a few video games this year, which have been really exciting. 
Yeah, and they're coming out next year. So I don't think I can talk about them yet, but they're coming out next year. So what video games have you been in that you can talk about? Just out of interest. Yeah, one called Denerblade, and I played the character of Fiora, who was pretty cool. She was like a massive action hero with like hot pants and blonde hair, and she was a beautiful character and quite adventurous as well. So it's quite fun to play a character that's nothing like me. I'm very active. Like, I go to the gym and I keep fit, but... I'm not an action hero at all. And that was really, really fun to play that. And the other two, yeah, I don't think I can talk about it yet. But they're coming out next year, so I'll tweet them. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll find out all about them. Definitely keep us up to date. You're looking forward yeah. to those. So working on the game, it must have been quite different to animation and commercials. It must be a bit more intricate, maybe, doing different versions of different things and... Yes, completely. So when you're working on video games, you forget. You just watch a video game and you think, oh, I'm going to play this character, but you've got to do the sounds. Every intricate detail of these characters you have to portray. So, for example, if she falls over, you need to do a sound. Obviously, you're in a studio and you can't physically fall over. You have to do it with your voice. So I'm thinking, well, how will this character fall over? How does this character sound if she fell over? So you kind of just have to immerse yourself, visualise this character, and kind of just make the sounds of like, ugh. <laughs> but you have to do it on a level like you'll get a scale of like one to ten so one is like she's nearly dying and then ten she is kind of really energetic she's just got all her energy back you have to do them like three times on a scale of one five and ten and it's quite difficult and especially when they say okay the character is like nearly dying so you have to kind of do a death grunt and so then i would say okay um what do you mean a death grunt? Like, I've never actually died before. So other things like I've fallen over, I can kind of imagine it. If I've kind of been hurt, you can imagine it and like really make it really visceral. But when, when they say like a death grunt, I'm like, okay, well, I can grunt, but I don't know if it sounds like death. <laughs> yeah. It's quite tricky on that. You've got to be really open as a voiceover actor because if they throw things on you, you've just got to kind of go and do it. Yeah, it must be a bit bizarre kind of being, oh, okay, well, I need to think how I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, and then you're on a time limit as well. So you've kind of just got to go and do it. You haven't got time to think and go, oh, can I just have five minutes to kind of practice? No, no, no. The client's in the other room. Go. <laughs> now, obviously, speaking about you doing lots of different things, you're also on a radio station, aren't you? Yes, I am. I, oh, that's another one of the things on my many talents. Yeah, I present a show on Westside FM, 89.6 FM, or thisiswestside.com. Every Monday from 7 till 9 in the evening on a Monday, I present a show called The Voice. And it's all about jobs and training in the local area. And I basically rant on and talk and play music. Sounds like a fantastic couple of hours. Sounds like great fun. It's really fun. It's really fun, especially when I kind of get free range of what music I play. You kind of have to keep in with the kind of genre of the show. But sometimes I'll throw in the odd, like, Backstreet Boys. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure yeah exactly my guilty pleasure voice acting is a very difficult field to get into it's quite hard isn't it so what would you say are your top five tips for trying to get into voiceover or voice acting top five tips would be get a voice reel number one because in order for people to hear you and hear what you sound like you need to be able to have something on a disc that people can hear or you can send to Two would be get an agent. I know it's the like number one thing that's kind of obvious for people to have, but they are the ones that have the contacts. They're the ones that people that are looking for voice actors will go to. So try and get an agent. It's really, really vital. And if you do send off your voice reel or anything and they said, look, we've got someone like you, but please keep in contact with us in the next six months, do follow that up. I know a lot of actors that kind of just ignore that and go, okay, well, it's a no. It's not. It's, you know, keeping their minds, keep on their books. Pester them maybe. You know, 
Pestering's good, so that's fine. The next one would be rest your voice. So if you have been booked for a voiceover job, make sure you don't go out the night before. Make sure you kind of zone in, really relax your voice because it's your voice that's you. It's the thing that's selling you. It's the thing that people like about you. So always rest your voice. For me, that's really important. Honey, lemon and peppermint tea. So honey and lemon is always good. Honey's good for the throat because it kind of lubricates your throat, makes it feel really relaxed. Peppermint tea. If you walk into a voice job, you'll get a beautiful assistant say, oh, would you like tea or coffee or anything say no to caffeine and yes to peppermint tea because it's not as drying caffeine dries your throat and then if your throat is really dry my number five tip is a green apple so a granny smith green apple you can have one before or during it cleanses the soft palate so if sometimes you get clicking when you record voices this cleanses your soft palate and if you bite into it it kind of clears it and you don't get any clicking like any click, 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 clicks. That's fantastic. I've never heard that one before. Is that something you found going along? Or is that something you've been taught? That's something I I was in a studio once and one of the audio guys said to me, oh, Karina, pick up a green apple because there's always fruit and beautiful fruit and chocolate and biscuits there. It's all very lovely. And he said, Karina, take a bite of a green apple because it will cleanse your soft palate and you won't get any clicking. So I think that was about... Oh, God, that was like the first, second job I did. So I had it. And then ever since that, I've always had a green apple. And what's nice, you can take a bite during takes. So you can take a bite during your voice, during when you're recording, and it's fine. It doesn't interfere with anything. It's not like if you had a bar of chocolate and you kind of your mouth gets really kind of mucusy and salivary. It's not very nice. Lovely. What would you say has been your favourite role so far? So my favourite role so far has to be the ongoing role that I'm recording at the moment, which is Chuckington. It's an amazing role. With voiceover jobs, you kind of get booked for one session and then that's it. And then if they're doing a sequel or if you work with the director and they like your voice, they'll get you in again. So voiceovers is very kind of on your own. You do one job and then you go. But with Chuggington, it's nice to kind of have an ongoing role. So I've been recording Chuggington for over a year now, um, on and off. And it's so nice to go back to the same people. It feels like a little family. So you go back and you're like, hi, how are you? What are you up to? It's also nice with Chuggington because the director and writer tries to get us in the studio at the same time. And with voiceovers, it's very on your own. You record everything separately and then they edit it all together. But with Chuggington, when you're delivering your lines, you're bouncing off the other person, the other actor. So it makes your, your words and your dialogue and everything sound really fresh. And it's also really exciting to be in the studio with someone else. It must be a lot nicer, yeah, to actually have a physical person there that you're actually talking to in the role as opposed to just kind of imagining it. Exactly. And you're there with the other person and you your lines are kind of a little more fresher and you can understand them more. Because obviously with Chuggington, I literally get the script and they're like, OK, cool, line seven. And you say line seven. But obviously you don't really know the context. Whereas if you're feeding off the other person, the, li- the lines kind of are a bit more alive when you deliver them. Because then they're giving you your answer, you're giving them the questions, you know. Yeah, exactly. You can react appropriately as opposed to just kind of react. (laughs) Exactly. React to an imaginary big mountain that I'm about to kind of lay a track around or something. Cool. So what would you say has been your most challenging role so far? Challenging role. I definitely know the answer to this one. The most challenging role I've had, I would say, was in Xenoblade playing Fiora. We touched on this a little earlier on. When you record um, a character, like I said, you're either booked in for an hour or three-hour session. Xenoblade was over, like, um, a three-week period, so I was booked for um, different days here and there. But like I said, there was one session where it was just complete sound. That was sound recording, 
And what they meant by sound was screams, deaths, lunges, like when you lunge to stab something, jumps, and like jumps for joy or like glee sounds. So therefore you had to do them, like I said earlier, on different levels. So when you're, and this was really, really strenuous on my voice. And it happened over Christmas where everyone was getting colds. So I had to kind of isolate myself and not get a cold because obviously between those three weeks, I had to sound the same throughout those three weeks as if it was all recorded in one session. But to try and deliver those sounds on different energetic levels and with things that I've never experienced before, like a fighting sound. I'm like, well, I don't fight kind of like diplomatic person ever so I'd just sort of sit back and be like oh let's not fight let's be nice so that was probably the most strenuous role and the most challenging because doing the sound effects for those characters but at different energy levels is very demanding because not only is it demanding on your voice it's also not just based on your voice it's based on the different energy levels that you're going to deliver so you have to be on the mark know what you're doing and deliver all that within an hour and screaming as well when you do screaming another little tip is always kind of ask the director if you can do any screams or shouts towards the end so your voice doesn't get tired, which is a little bit obvious. But, you know, don't be afraid to ask because, you know, they want you to deliver the best performance you can give as well. With screams, I've always wondered, actually, because obviously you have to go all out with the screams because, for example, you have to scream as if you're dying. But is there a technique to screaming without for example, damaging your throat or anything like that? Or do you just have to go for it and just, like you say, do it at the end? This is where my vocal training helped. So when I said about really supporting from your, like, gut, the bottom of your tummy, really supporting the voice when you scream and kind of really grounding yourself. So at drama school, you'll learn to scream because there could be some shows that you're in that you have to scream every night on cue for a six, six, eight, 12 week run. So really ground yourself when you scream. And what you have to remember is that the mic is right in front of you. So you don't have to really project it that loud. So it's more kind of about the way the scream sounds to the loudness of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you're delivering the scream, you don't have to be like, ah! So you take a step away from the mic and kind of really just feel the scream and why you're screaming. So if it's a death scream, you know that the scream isn't going to be as high pitched but if it's a running away scream, you know that you kind of have to be kind of out of breath or you're really feeling it. So you kind of have to visualize. It's really difficult, but you have to kind of visualize what the character's doing at that moment in time in order to get the scream right. So it's not necessarily about just shouting a scream as you would in the playground at school or something. This probably applies to Xenoblades, to be honest, but I'm just curious, what's the, what's the weirdest sound you've had to make or what's the weirdest direction you've been given to do? Apart from the death noises. The weirdest direction, I think it was for, a new one actually, Dark Souls 2. I had to copy a version of another language in a video game. So in my cans in my head, I had her version in another language. I'm visualising my character and what she's actually doing when I'm saying the line. And then I had to kind of translate it into English. And when I did this, she did a sound that was kind of like, ah. But in our context, if we were kind of speaking like that over here, it'd be like, ah. But obviously, I'm trying to listen to her do it whilst doing my version. And they were like, okay, Karina, yeah, just sort of, just do it again. And I'm like, but what am I doing? Because I'm hearing what she's doing. Am I supposed to copy that character? Am I supposed to do it this way? Am I supposed to do it that way? So that was kind of, not weird, but just kind of a little bit odd. Because you, you normally kind of get the character and the script and that's it. But on this particular occasion, I had a different language in my ear, watching it on screen to then having to translate it into how I think the character should sound. 
in English. <laughs> it was very bizarre. It does sound like a lot to focus on in one session. Yeah, in one session, um, and to nail it as well, yeah. What would be your dream role? What would you love to be a voice actor in? Past, present, future, you can choose anything. What would be your dream role? My dream role would have to be an animation character in a Disney or Pixar film. I think for any voiceover actor, that has to be the like penultimate job. That has to be your ultimate dream. I would love that. I'd love to do that. However, a little character in Family Guy would be awesome. Like, that would have to just be incredible. To work with Seth MacFarlane would be incredible. But a Disney film, a little, even like a little fish in the new Finding Nemo 2, which is called Dory. I could be a little fish or a like, floating seaweed or something. I think I'd be really good at that. So, yeah, that would be my, my two ultimate goals. Or the voice on the lottery. Or the voice on the London Underground. Mind the gap. I could do that. <laughs> maybe you should apply I don't know how you get that job yeah I don't I think you've got to be a bit of a celebrity or a famous voice I think to do that but I'd love to how could that be mind the gap the next stop is Waterloo it'd be, it'd be too tempting to mess with people though and change some of the words I know <laughs> get up and give your seat to another person yes the trains are delayed and yes the fares are going up get over it <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the best one Oh, that'd be awesome. Right, so you mentioned earlier, I was just curious, actually, you mentioned getting an agent. And, you know, obviously that sounds like a good idea, get an agent. How do you go about getting an agent? You know, how simple is it? Well, I think it's really tricky. I know everyone says, oh, just get an agent. And for every actor and voiceover actor and anyone in the kind of entertainment industry, it's really hard to get representation. You know, everyone's books are always full. When you write to them, they're always saying, Oh, thank you, but no thank you, you know, and everyone just says, keep trying, keep trying. So with voiceovers, I literally went through the Spotlight, the contacts book that Spotlight have, and I literally, there's only probably about 40, maybe 50 um, agents, voiceover agents in London that I wrote to. So I literally wrote to all of them, but bear in mind when I was at drama school, I think I sent off about 500 letters. I think this is what you do. You get told to just send off letters to agents, just write to them, write them with your headshots. Think about it, the amount of money that we must have spent at drama school just sending letters, postage, paper. Oh, God, it's ridiculous. And then six years later, you're like, yeah, just send them an email. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say get a contacts book, look through them, um, maybe do some research. If you know anyone that's on an agency, you know, maybe speak to them, ask them for recommendation. Always try and get a name of the people that run it because obviously it's more personalised it shows that you've done your research and every voiceover agent will have a website because that's how people can listen to people's voice reels so you know have a look and see if there's anyone that, that's your age anyone that's kind of similar to you listen to maybe their voice reels if you're unsure of what to do google a, a voiceover agency click on the voice reel and you know maybe copy or you know think of some ideas that they've got you think oh that's quite good I'll put that on my voice reel so that's kind of the best way write to them make up a little package. Obviously, it's not about what you look. So you don't have to send an uh, A4 manila board back envelope with your headshot in because they don't need it. So maybe just a sort of a cover note with your voice reel. And if you want to receive your voice reel back, put a stamped address envelope, just bang it back in the post. You know, they just want to hear your voice. But nowadays, we've got emails. Mine was like a few years ago. They, there was emails around when I did it. Obviously, now, you know, it's so easy to send an MP3 file with everything on so you could maybe send them email them send them links to things and you get responses quicker 
it depends. Each agency will say if you're interested in representation, what to do. So there's a lot of direction on their websites of how to apply and how to get in there. So who would you say is your acting idol? My idol in regards to career and professionalism and just ultimate awesomeness would have to be Judy Dench. I think she's phenomenal. I think at her age, recording Bond films, playing an awesome character, I just think she's incredible. And her career has been so diverse. She hasn't just stuck to theatre or television. You know, she's done movies. She also does voiceovers. She also has done musicals. So I think she is incredible. But my newbie is um, Olivia Coleman. Did you watch Broadchurch? No, I haven't seen that, no. ITV drama. Oh, I play her it if it's still on. Oh, my God. It, it was amazing. And she was incredible. And I saw it in a few other films as well. And she won a BAFTA last year. She's incredible. Incredible. And what I like about her and my idols is that they're kind of inspirational. They're older women. They're not kind of young and kind of everything's kind of been given to them on a plate. They kind of come out of drama school, got a good agent and have kind of done really well. They've kind of worked for it. You know, they've really probably maybe not Judy Dench, but kind of struggled to get where they were and then worked really hard and then they got their ultimate goal. So it's just about kind of dedication and just don't lose your dream. Don't lose your goal. Keep focused and know what you want to do. And it will happen eventually. Yeah, there's some great role models for that, aren't they? They just kind yeah. of just kept going no matter what and they knew what they wanted and they went yeah. out and did it. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, at the same time, they kind of have to get other jobs to pay bills and kind of keep their feet on the ground and stuff. But, you know it will happen because eventually as you get older all the older ones drop out so then you're kind of left with having to pick me because there's no one else my age around <laughs> and are you hoping to you know obviously very far away but when you get to that stage you're hoping to be one of these persevering older actresses who inspires younger people hell yeah i'll go to like every school and chat about everything yeah i'll be hopefully you never know what what is thrown upon you like when I left drama school I didn't think I'd be doing six years time voiceovers for an animation so you know you never know what path kind of comes across your lane and when you're sort of heading for that goal you you don't know what's going to happen you just kind of aim for something you enjoy and as long as you enjoy and love it which I do anything's a bonus really so is your dream to carry on in voice acting or to switch more to acting or just kind of get your fingers in many pies constantly? I would say get my fingers in as many pies as possible because that way you're meeting more contacts and the more contacts you're meeting and the more directors you're working with, the more likely they are to go, oh, I know someone that would be great for that role. Oh, I work with this great girl, Karina. She'd be amazing. And, you know, that's why it's so important that when you meet someone for the first time, you've got to kind of be polite. Like As my mum and dad always says, manners gets you everywhere. And there's lots of actors that I've seen and worked with that are really kind of abrupt and can be a bit like, well, I'm not doing that. Whereas I've been in auditions or even voice tests where I have kind of had a voice test before an animation and they've said, um, can you sing? Thrown it upon me, didn't even know I had to ask to sing. And I was like, yeah, I can sing. They said, oh, do you know any, um, any kind of chants or any kind of, sort of nursery rhymes? And I said, yeah, I can sort of sing, sing something. So I think I sang like Farah Jacka. I made the words up at the end because I don't even know like the end of words. I don't think anyone knows the full no, words. Semalematina, no. <laughs> Semalematina. So I think I sang that. And the fact that I kind of just 
thought on the spot, sung it. I didn't go, oh, well, no, my agent didn't tell me that I had to sing, so I haven't really prepared. And, you know, don't go in with an obstacle because when you walk into an audition or you're on a panel or something, you want that person to be the right one because you're like, that's the person I love, that's the person that's going to do the job, and that's the one the client's going to love. So when you go into an audition, be really open. And if they ask you to do something within reason, you know, make sure you 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 deliver it. If you can sing, sing. Just do it. Have fun. And just completely be yourself. Try don't be anything you're not because, you know, they'll see right through that as soon as you're on the mic. Speaking of don'ts, actually, that leads on to a question I meant to ask earlier. Is there any, I mean, we spoke about a lot of do's, so I won't say do's and don'ts, but is there any major don'ts that you would say that you've either found, done or noticed or just purely know from experience not to do? Don't go to the toilet a lot. <laughs> I haven't ever done that, but... Obviously, if you're booked for an hour's slot, don't go in and out of the room. Try and go like at the beginning of the session and then towards the end, unless you're obviously doing a three-hour slot. Don't question things, you know, unless there's something you don't understand. Normally, the director will speak to you before you go in because the clients are always in the room. You know, if there's anything you don't understand, maybe have a brief word before or if there's a request. Like I said, do the shouting towards the end or do the singing at the end. Um, just don't, don't be annoying. I know it sounds really weird, but just kind of going if there's any questions always ask them towards the beginning and like I said they they've chosen you to do the voiceover so they want you to do well and they know how you sound so they're going to be willing to help you no matter what so that's it really don't ever be late because it won't just be you that's doing a voiceover they'll probably have a back-to-back -back slot of everyone doing everything so don't be late so there we go don't go to the toilet a lot don't ask too many questions and don't be late final question Tell us about what lies in the future for you now, voice acting-wise. Well, hopefully a lot. I think 2014 is going to be a busy year. I've got some more video games scheduled, which will be very exciting. Chuckington is ongoing, so hopefully Tyne will have lots of adventures to go on and still be as cheeky as ever. And who knows what the future holds. Hopefully lots more animation stuff will come my way. Now when uh, my voice is being heard on Chuggington, I know there's a few people interested in having meetings with me. So that's quite exciting. And who knows what happens, you know, just kind of go with the flow and just be who you are. I know that's really cheesy and everyone's like, just be yourself. But it, that it's completely true. You know, just be yourself. Continue doing what you love. And hopefully if I can do that with voiceover work, then I feel very blessed. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time. Definitely look forward to hearing your voice more often over the next year then. We'll keep an ear out for you. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously you have a website and a Twitter where we can keep up to date with you, don't you? Yes, KarinaReeves.com is my website and my Twitter is at KarinaReeves1. Fantastic. Well, we'll keep an eye on that and we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thanks, Sam. See you. Bye. Bye. See you later.